You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's OBEHAVE with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rintin, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, when you hear that expression, the elephant in the room, it usually refers to a big, uncomfortable issue people are trying to avoid that needs addressing. Well, on today's show, we have arguably the best elephant in the room, one who's dedicated to teaching American history in an inspiring way. Now, his name is Ellis, the elephant, and he's on a mission to make learning American history unforgettable and fun. Now, you all know that I do speak dog and cat. I do not speak elephant. So here to represent Ellis, the elephant, are my two very special guests. Let's give pause and applause to the author of the series of children's books about Ellis, the elephant, New York Times bestselling author, Callista Gingrich. Hey, Callista, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having us today. It's a pleasure to be with you. All right. Now, Callista's newest book in the series is called From Sea to Shining Sea. And there is someone else on the uh, other end of this mic, and that is her equally talented husband. Yes, the former Speaker of the House and now co-host of CNN's Crossfire Show, the one and only Newt Gingrich. Hey, Newt, welcome to the show. Well, listen, I'm glad to be with you, and I have to confess, when you first started talking about the elephant, Clifton and I recently were in Africa, and we actually rode on an African elephant, and it was a lot bigger than Ellis. Uh, <laughs> it was a pretty amazing experience. I'm not sure we could speak elephant either, but it was an amazing experience to be up there on a full-grown African elephant along the Zambezi River. Ellis is a much friendlier, happier, and somebody you could have in your home easier than a full-grown African elephant. Wow, and better, probably house-trained, too, wouldn't you say, Newt? Well, Alice is not only house-trained. Alice wants to help young children be house-trained. Because Alice believes that young children should have a great life, and he's totally committed to them. And because Calista is such a great mother to Alice, I do everything I can to help Alice also. Well, that sounds like a great team. And, hey, folks, we're going to find out what this dynamic duel is up to and what inspired Callista to select an elephant to be America's history guide and much more. But we got to pay for the show. we got to take a commercial break. You all know the drill. Let's sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones, actually. Sit and stay. All behave. We'll be right back. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. 
Obehave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our guests today, Callista and Newt Gingrich. Now, Callista is a New York Times bestselling author, and she is president of Gingrich Productions. Newt, well, (laughs) hey folks, unless you've been living under a rock for a couple of decades, he's been kind of a top dog in the political arena. He served as Speaker of the House, ran for president, and he still wears many powerful collars in the world. He is a political analyst, author, and senior scientist for Gallup. (laughs) Callista and Newt, they're teaming up. They want to teach history. American history in order to help us enjoy a better future. And you guys are doing this through books and documentaries. I got to ask you, Callista, what inspired you to write a series of children's history books? And and why pick an elephant? Newt's going to like this question. Why not a donkey? Well, I write these books because (laughs) I love America. And I believe our country is truly an exceptional nation. And I think it's more important now than ever that our children understand what makes this country so special. To do that, however, they need an understanding of our American history. And unfortunately, many of our kids are failing to learn our American history, including our founding principles and values, and instead learning revisionist or politically correct history. And as a consequence, aren't learning the basics about our nation. So I have come up with the Ellis the Elephant series. It's a guided (laughs) tour of American history for four- to eight-year-olds. And in my new book, From Sea to Shining Sea, Ellis the Elephant, who is my time-traveling pachyderm, discovers a growing nation and the great expedition of Lewis and Clark. You said that quite well. I love that you picked him. And Ellis is on tour with you, right? Is that correct? There is an elephant in the room when you sign books. That's right. Uh, When I started this series, I knew we needed a unique character to capture the interest and attention of young children. And we had considered many animals when we started uh, as the main character, including bunnies and hippos and giraffes. But in the end, I could not resist this adorable little elephant, Ellis the Elephant, who was brought to life beautifully by my very talented illustrator, Susan Arciero. Oh, yes. Thank you for giving a shout out to Susan. Her work is amazing. I just think it's kind of fun. It's an elephant. Hey, Newt, help me on my history. What is the mascot for the Republican Party? The donkey and the elephant were actually first picked in cartoons about 1870, and that's how they emerged. And uh, the cartoonist was looking for something to represent the two parties, and so he picked the elephant and the donkey, and from that point on, they became sort of the party images. But, you know, we've worked very hard. Ellis is a patriotic elephant, as Clista said. These books are not partisan in any way, and we really work very hard to keep them historically accurate and to get people a real feel for how history occurred. I and, mean, for example, Thomas Jefferson plays a major role. He's the founder of the, what became the Democratic Party. And yet it's so important that he gets, he gets a big piece of from Sea to Shining Sea because he earned it as a historic figure. No, I think it's neat. And I think you've touched upon something, both of you. you got to make history fun, and you're picking the age group where you're creating a good foundation, right? The age of four to eight. That's absolutely right. And I was surprised to learn that there are really very few books written for four to eight-year-olds about American history. And my books are meant to serve as an introduction to the key historical moments that have shaped our nation. 
How did you get all started in this, Calista? Because you write many books and you do the documentaries, the two of you. But when you were growing up, were you? did you get an A in history or did you struggle in history class? What's your background? I loved history and I, I loved school. I worked very hard in school and I always enjoyed writing. And when we started Gingrich Productions, we began writing books both uh, alone and together. And three years ago, Regnery Publishing approached me and said, you know, we'd really like to start printing children's books once again. And would you consider writing a children's book about American exceptionalism? And at that time, we had been working on a documentary film called A City Upon a Hill, which was about American exceptionalism. And Newt was writing a policy book. So we thought, why not do it for kids? So I wrote Sweet Land of Liberty, which is an overview of the pivotal moments that have shaped our nation. And that book seemed to take off. And so now we have continued with the Ellis the Elephant series, and we are marching Ellis the Elephant to the various (laughs) chapters of our history. No, I like that. You've got a few all folks I want you to know before I forget. I don't want to be like a bad elephant here. You do need to go to ellistheelephant.com, and it's a great website. It also has some fun things for kids, for parents, and also gingrichproductions.com. But the Alice the Elephant site is pretty nice, and it does outline a lot of the different books that you've written, Calista. But I like your appeal with the kids with the coloring, the wordplay, and the puzzles. Thank you. We enjoy the work that we do through the website, and kids can run off the uh, coloring pages and, and color at home. These are great books, too, for the homeschooling community. I've also seen them in many public schools and libraries, so Ellis the Elephant is sitting out there and really making an impact, and kids are learning to get excited and learning to really appreciate the greatness of this nation through Ellis the Elephant. I love it. I've got some nieces and nephews, so I think I have my Christmas sort of taken care of a little bit. Thank you for that. Now, Newt, you got a new book, Breakout, but I got to tease you a little bit. You probably sport one of the longest subtitles in history of any author, Pioneers of the Future, Prison Guards of the Past, and the Epic Battle that Will Decide America's Fate. You know, I was able to get that all out in one breath, but tell us a little bit about that book and what's your important message you're trying to get out. Well, it's pretty much the subtitle, as you said. Uh, All over America, there are entrepreneurs, scientists, uh, engineers, people inventing a better future, medical doctors, and yet they are blocked by what I would call prison cards of the past, bureaucrats, lobbyists, people who don't want the future to happen. And uh, as you imagine, it was in the 1840s with our current system, uh, the Stagecoach Association would hire a lobbyist to pass a bill to block railroads from going faster than a horse on the grounds that it was unfair competition. America's genius has been using new ideas, new approaches, new entrepreneurship to solve problems that nobody else thought could be solved. And we've got to go back to that model. If you just take the smartphone that's in your pocket and you look at all of its capabilities from GPS locator to help you find a new place to your ability to take pictures and send them on the Internet to your capacity to go online and ask all sorts of questions and do your own research, That capability means that the old bureaucracies that were created by manual typewriters is so obsolete, we ought to take a place like the Pentagon and turn it into a triangle by cutting out 40% of the bureaucracy. It would be cheaper, it would work better, it would be more modern and more agile. That's the scale of change that's coming. I like it. I like it very much. I mean, you two, in many ways, are educators right now, and you do it on different platforms, it sounds like. I think that's right. We are both educators about the past and the future. 
And we use everything from uh, Instagram to Twitter to Facebook to uh, online courses to documentaries and then to books such as From Sea to Shining Sea or Breakout. And frankly, uh, going on talk radio shows. This is a great way to reach many millions of Americans who otherwise might never hear these ideas. No, I think it's great. Now, the documentaries, and Calissa, you're president of Gingrich Productions. That's got to be kind of fun to go from difference from uh, putting it on a page to putting it on film. So what's a new project that you guys are doing right now? Well, it is a, a great way to get ideas out. We have done seven films to date. Some of our favorites include a documentary that we did about President Reagan. It's called Ronald Reagan, Rendezvous with Destiny. Uh, we've also done a film about now St. John Paul II. The film is called Nine Days That Changed the World. And uh, this film is about the Holy Father's pilgrimage to Poland in 1979 and how that historic moment was seen as the beginning of the end of communism in Poland and Eastern Europe. So those are some of our favorite projects. Currently, we're looking to do a documentary film on Pope Francis. So we're just beginning oh, nice. our research on this new pope, and we're really excited about that. So we just keep moving forward with Ellis and our documentary films, and uh, we enjoy working together. Yeah, that's the trick. You're, when you're married, yeah, you guys are married, and you share a love of history and writing and producing. But uh, any secrets to other married couples on how do you make it work? Because you guys are working together closely in a lot of projects. Oh, I don't know. I, I, Charlton Heston many years ago said, when he was asked how he had stayed married to Lydia for over 40 years, he, he said he learned the key words, I was wrong, dear. Uh, <laughs> very helpful. Oh, yeah. Hey, speaking I think- of I was wrong, dear, now I don't think the word dear was in the mention, but I was doing a little history checking of you guys. Come on, Newt, you got to replay that moment when the State of the Union was being done with President Clinton. You're standing behind him with Al Gore and Clinton. Okay. Hand well, you a note. Come on, tell the listeners yeah, what well, happened. No, that, that, well, that was a look. That was a fun moment. They captured it on on uh, videotape at C-SPAN. Uh, the uh, fact is that the president turned. He always gives you a copy of the State of the Union if you're the Speaker of the House or the Vice President who's there as President of the Senate. And he gave me a, a document that was very thin. I opened it up. And it said, uh, from William Jefferson Clinton to Speaker Newt Gingrich, you are right, I resign. Signed, William Jefferson Clinton. <laughs> And, and I, I, I was laughing and showing it to Gore, and, and I couldn't turn around and said, oh, my gosh, I gave you the wrong document. Please give it back. So I don't know <laughs> if it's in the front library or not. It probably is, and, and somebody should go find it someday. But it was a great moment, and it was an illustration of how different he is from Obama. Clinton could laugh at himself, right. could laugh with you. He made you feel like even when you were arguing, you were arguing as Americans trying to solve American problems. He didn't lecture much. He did. He wasn't arrogant. And he didn't have this, this Obama technique of looking down on everybody and, and being rigid and unwilling to talk to them. And uh, Clinton was just remarkably better at being president. Yeah, you know, and it's also nice, I, you know, there's a new book out from President Bush about his father. And it is nice to see how George Sr., you know, and the relationship he now has with Bill Clinton. Yeah, and I, I think that's a tribute to the Bushes as well as the Clintons. When you're the guy who got beat, it's a little harder psychologically uh, to mm-hmm. be open and happy with the guy who beat you. But Clinton is such an inherently energetic and charming and people-oriented person 
that uh, you really have to be almost pathological to say madam. Yeah, I think you made a good point. Hey, folks, we're speaking with Callista and Newt Gingrich. Callista has a new book out that you've got to get your paws on. It's from the Ellis the Elephant series, New York Times bestselling author. This one is called From Sea to Shining Sea. And Newt has a book out, Breakout. And as I said before, it is a whopper of a subtitle, Pioneers of the Future, Prison Guards of the Past, and the Epic Battle that Will Decide America's Fate. We're going to talk to these great talents in a second, but we got to pay for the show. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Hey everybody, I'm Rachel Ray and you're listening to OB Hayes with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to OB Hayes. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Hey, guys. In the past, I did cover politics. I was a newspaper reporter in South Florida, and I covered the legislation. And it was sometimes pretty boring, sometimes pretty exciting. I'm very happy now that I'm in the world of pets. But as I have, you know, you never get away from the political arena. And I've got to say, Newt, you are the most powerful political figure I've ever had on my show. I've had race car drivers. I've had Betty White, Jennifer Aniston. But you are by far my most powerful political figure as a guest. I I hope you take that with goodness because we have about a million listeners on my show. Well, I'm actually the second most powerful because you have Callista on. But I oh, still, yeah, I yeah. Have, well, Callista is like one of the most powerful writers in reaching history. So, yeah, you guys both are pretty talented and very good. You're going to stay happy married. <laughs> You've trained him well, Callista. You've trained him well. Thank you. You'll notice, by the way, that the people never think the guy trains the girl. Yeah. That's one of the important things. Notice it's always assumed that the girl trains the guy. Yeah, what do you think about that? I just think it's true. <laughs> okay. I'm just, <laughs> well, I'm just making an observation. I'm not... Yeah, yeah. I What's think it, that's it, reality. That's right. It's one of those things you gradually realize. You might as well just go along with it because it's a fact. Yeah. It's not a problem. Now, you two, um, the, I know you have a love of animals and a love of history. I know there's no four-legger running around your home at this time, but at one time, you guys, Newt, you had something about pets with Newt. It was something where you were trying to have some fun with pets and music. I don't know what the background was on that. but was also, when, when I was speaker, one of the things we did was change the public housing law to allow senior citizens to keep their pets. Oh, uh, nice. The uh, public housing authority was forcing people to get rid of their pets in order to live in public housing. And we said that that is crazy and it's anti-human because the people who have pets live longer than people who are deprived of their pets. And so that's one thing that I did as speaker I was really proud of. It enabled people to have happier lives, but it also enabled them literally to be healthier and live longer. So 
one of those small things you can do sometimes that makes you feel good. Now, I, I also have to confess, I both like pets. I mean, I've, uh, most of my life I've had dogs, and the pride who was a Doberman Pinscher was my post companion in high school, for example. But in addition, I love I love zoos, and I love outdoor life, and I love wild animals that aren't pets. So I have this perennial affection for nature, and, and we're very fortunate to uh, we have deer, for example, that come through our yard regularly, as well as the squirrels who live here and the birds that visit us and occasional raccoons. So I feel like, you know, I get to see animals all over the place, and I love it. How about you, Callista? What's your pet connection? Well, when I was young, I had pets. I had hamsters and goldfish, and our neighborhood was filled with cats and dogs, and I knew most of them. You know, now, unfortunately, we aren't home a lot. So Right. It would not be fair to keep an animal here when we are not here with the animal. But if I could, I'd love a Slapsa Opso. I think they're beautiful oh, dogs. Really? Maybe someday. Yeah, I think they're just so lovely. And perhaps one day when we settle down a bit more, <laughs> I can actually get a dog. Yeah. You know, you're bringing up a smart point, too, because I love animals. I have two dogs and two cats. I call them my furry fab four and uh, other rescues. And they help me. I teach pet first aid and behavior. And it's nice to have a real dog and cat that give people a little bit of hands on. But I, when I was a newspaper reporter, I was too busy running around to really have a dog. And I think it's a good message. You can still have a love of pets and do things, but you don't really have to always have them in your home. And that's what sounds like you guys are being very responsible pet supporters, I guess. Well, and we visit friends with pets and we love them. We were with a friend who had a dog this weekend and Christo and the dog were off uh, being totally happy together. Both of our daughters have uh, have dogs. In fact, our younger daughter has a menagerie. She has several <laughs> dogs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's just amazing. So you can realize how important animals are. And they really are important in the rhythm of life. I mean, I think it's very, very important. I was just with uh, Reince Priebus, the Republican National Committee chair yesterday, and he has an entire little ocean reef that is right next to his desk. As you know, having fish is very relaxing. It's actually good for your blood pressure. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he has, this, he has this entire little reef of beautiful tropical fish that uh, sort of helps him keep his, uh, his temper and his blood pressure under control uh, and then reminds him that there's a lot more to life than just the next phone call or the next interview. All right. I think you've touched on a lot of things. So where can people find where you guys are going to be with Alice the Elephant Tour, Callista? Yes, well, we are on a 29-city tour over the course of seven weeks, and our calendar can be found on GingrichProductions.com and also EllisTheElephant.com in Wisconsin and Illinois. I'm curious as a cat to know who's, who is Ellis the elephant. You've got Ellis in the room. The elephant is in the room. So does this individual travel with you? And is there anonymity? Are they in the witness protection program? What's up with Ellis? Well, <laughs> well that is all the magic of Ellis the elephant. Okay. That, that would the be, time traveling that would pachyderm. Like, that would be like asking who's wearing the Batman suit. That would be oh. wrong. But that is, <laughs> but I think I, that's I, nice to have for the kids. You know, they get to see it. It's like seeing a life-size Garfield or something when the author's paired up. Don't you agree? That's right. The kids really love seeing Ellis the Elephant. So, you know, through Ellis, they get excited about learning American history and basically what it means to be an American. And that is our goal. With Facebook and Instagram, an amazing number of adults ask if they can get their picture with Ellis. It's, it's kind of unusual. 
Well, I'm happy that the former Speaker of the House is saying without any problem, Instagram and Facebook, you know, I admire that you're staying in tune with the technology. And and that's also a history lesson is we can't just fall back on the old comfortable. It sounds like you embrace technology and, and new ways to communicate. Well, that's part of why we're on we're on the phone talking with you. You know, we, we believe that while, you know, weekly newspapers are really important, there are lots of other ways to communicate nowadays. So Abraham Lincoln might not have understood this, but I guarantee he'd have learned to use it pretty fast. You know, that's a good point. I agree. I spent 20 years as a daily newspaper reporter, and I would be a dinosaur if I try to still do that now. So we do have to reinvent ourselves. And speaking of dinosaurs, I think that's another one that you're pretty affectionate with. I'm not sure if you are too, Calista, but you like dinosaurs. Is that right, Newt? No, I love dinosaurs. I mean, I, I recently we were at Houston. It has a great dinosaur collection. I was up at the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. We're going to be, in the, I hope you have a chance to go to the Field Museum in Chicago in the near future. I love oh, going yeah. all over the world looking at fossils. But that's because they're part of life. They're, they're a different part of the whole pageantry of life. And they give you a whole different perspective on how did they live, what did they do. Uh, and I find it just makes me excited to be part of the natural world and to see what's possible. How about you, Calista? Well, I'm learning more and more as I go to various natural history museums. And it's exciting. We have a few casts and fossils in our home. Newt has his own Chinese feathered dinosaur. And one year, I got him a nanotyrannus cast. So, you know, our home is slowly, slowly becoming (laughs) a natural history museum. Oh, my gosh. That's pretty cool. That's better than a tie or cufflinks for a present. Right, Newt? That's exactly right. And, and you know, the Nanotyrannus is actually sort of a pygmy Tyrannosaurus rex. And then she got that from the Cleveland Museum of Natural History. She got this skull. And it is the first, when you walk in the front door, you see it sitting there. And, and it's, there are many evenings. It's the last thing I look at before I go upstairs. And it is cool. And you just look at it and you think, wow, it's amazing what we've discovered. And it's amazing how life has evolved over time. And I just feel very privileged, both with living animals and with prehistoric animals, to be able to learn about them and and think about them and uh, on occasion actually uh, have one. You know, I've I've been very impressed. I've learned a lot of new things about you, Newt, that I never thought I would learn. So this is, and I know our listeners are too. In your books, though, I want to talk to Calista for a second. You touch upon different historical figures with Alice as the guide, the time-traveling guide. I am dying to know, why was the Lewis and Clark expedition so important? And you captured this in Sea to Shining Sea, the latest Ellis the Elephant book. Well, this was really the most important expedition in the history of our country. It was a voyage of danger and discovery from St. Louis to the Pacific that ultimately inspired many Americans to go west. And it actually accomplished several things. Uh, It explored and mapped the newly acquired Louisiana Territory and established an American presence in the West before the British and other Europeans could try to claim it. And it also made great, yeah, it also made great contributions to science, discovering new forms of plant and animal life. So such an important expedition to the history of our country and so important for our kids to learn how we grew from those 13 original colonies across an entire continent. How do you do your research? You guys are like Ken Burns supersized, you know? Well, you do have to do quite a bit of research before writing a children's book. And the great challenge is to condense that information and then to do it in two verses per page in rhyme. So there right. lies the artistry. But we do learn many things along the way and some things are quite surprising. For example, I was surprised to learn that during the course of this two-and-a-half-year expedition, out of approximately 40 people, only one person died. 
died, and that was of natural causes. So you think of the danger. Oh, this wow. Is an expedition fraught with illness, injury, fatigue. Only one person dies over two and a half years. Really pretty incredible. Also interesting to note that the approved cost of the expedition by Congress was just $2,500. However, the final tally to the government in the end was about $39,000. So I guess some things never change. <laughs> Oops, you want to jump in there, Newt? What do you think of that? Does that sound familiar? It does. Now, listen, it's reality. And uh, the founding fathers, in that sense, were also guilty of cost overruns. Uh, so, uh, And they also fought against it. So it's, a, it's an interesting process. On the other hand, you'd have to argue that Jefferson's purchase of the Louisiana Territory was probably the best single land deal in history. So uh, he gained some credit for having been really frugal and gotten us half a continent for not much money. That's a good point. That's a good point. Hey, listeners, we've been speaking with Callista and Newt Gingrich. Callista is the author of the series, Alice the Elephant. The book you got to get your paws on is called From Sea to Shining Sea. And Newt Gingrich, former speaker of the house, I'm laughing because speak, speak. You know, it's a pet show. Don't worry, I won't make you speak on cue. Um, <laughs> his book is called Breakout, Pioneers of the Future, Prison Guards of the Past, and the Epic Battle that Will Decide America's Fate. I want you all after the show to dash over to Ellis theelephant.com and gingrichproductions.com and check out what this power couple is really doing. They're making history come alive with the hope that we can have a better future. Hey everybody, that's our show for today. I am delighted that we've had Callista and Newt Gingrich in the house. So was Ellis the Elephant. An elephant was in the room. Dash over to Gingrich Productions and Ellis the Elephant to find out more. At this time, I also want to thank my cool producer, Mark Winner. He makes this show and all the shows on Pet Life Radio just happen with great zeal. And until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave! Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.